My name is Alan Smithson, your host for the XR for Business podcast, where we interview industry leaders who are either making or using immersive, virtual, augmented, and mixed reality solutions for business. From marketing and sales, to logistics and training, to design and remote collaboration, learn how the world's largest organizations are implementing an XR for Business strategy and why you should too. Today's guest is Bill Tustin. Bill has owned a location-based VR location for over three years. He's worked for 25 years in the casino banking industry, teaching them how to implement technologies that increase their revenues, create great customer experiences, and have fantastic ROI. He has used that experience to create a successful location-based VR place with multiple revenue sources, including XR educational content and XR programs. His company just made a seed investment in Chicken Waffle, crazy name, but it's an XR solution provider that develops innovative solutions with high quality branded experiences. They've created many enterprise experiences in a world for an amazing list of partners and clients. They're working on all sorts of really cool IP and I want to welcome to the show, Bill Tustin. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been working in VR a long time. What are some of the best experiences you've seen and what drives you to do what you're doing? Really, the smiles on people's faces. Um, we work with a lot of children, and uh, the children and the teachers are very excited about learning about VR, experiencing VR. Just customers' experiences have been great for the last three years. Awesome. You you say working with children. Are you? Is this just location-based entertainment? What are you finding is is something that what is resonating with everybody? Um, the, the educational aspect of it, where they can go and experience um, a visual education experience. The teachers actually have been really excited about it. Just the fact that they can go, like, for example, to the Civil War and experience a battle with great artwork. And it really educates them really, really well, especially, you know, the younger they are, um, the more they get excited about it. So what's one of the best XR or VR AR experiences that you've ever had? Well, for children, space. <laughs> anything with space, they get really excited about. Um, anything underwater. So um, these are all experiences that they can't experience in real life. You can't experience space right now. I mean, hopefully in the future you will. And, um, you know, most people don't really go scuba diving, especially kids. So they can really experience underwater adventures or space adventures. And then um, the education aspect, um, we work very closely with the schools on um, – exactly what they're teaching them. So um, the education aspect of it is in on the experience. Interesting. You, you made an investment in chicken waffle. Can you maybe tell us uh, what's, what's chicken waffle? As soon as I, I heard that name, I was like, what the heck is a chicken waffle? The founder of Chicken Waffle actually um, co-founded WayVR. He actually still owns WayVR, which became a very big social media music platform. One of the reasons why we invested in them is um, we saw a need in the um, education field where just the content that was there wasn't really up to par for the children. Um, they really wanted to have more interactive experiences. It just seemed like a lot of the educational stuff that exists that exists right now in VR, or XR, and AR is just real basic. So um, we decided that we needed to make um, our own content with certain partners that we're working with. And, you know, they were the right company. When we checked around, everybody kept on referring to them. Their name came up constantly that they're the right company to partner with. So what kind of content are you guys making then? 
Um, a lot of things that they do are for clients, so um, I can't really say names, but to give you an example, um, they're working on a major museum project where there's 20 geo points and um, it, it's a civil war experience. They basically walk around on the battlefield. The kids, the kids and families will be able to walk on the battlefield and through AR be able to experience the civil war in, in the exact points where the action happened on this battlefield. So that's an exciting project that they're working on. We're also talking to the client about us using that type of experience in a VR experience that we can also bring to the schools. So as it relates to museums and um, these type of establishments, it's great when the schools are around them, but, you know, they spend quite a, like this client spending over half a million dollars just on artwork alone. And they're basically only going to get schools and families that, you know, well, they're major. I mean, people do travel very far for them, but the schools will only travel about an hour on the field trip. So um, just a partnership with them and Chicken Waffle will make it to be able to bring it to the LBVR or LBE depending on what you want to call it, um, that type in a VR experience would be real exciting. Yeah, I really think the whole idea of being able to take field trips uh, really far, going to the pyramids in Egypt, you know, that's not really something that most schools or any schools, you know, let's get a flight and fly halfway around the world to go see something. But in VR, you really can do that and you can go anywhere in the world instantly. I think it's really going to be great for that. And I think it's hopefully going to create new bonds amongst children and people around the world. You know, one of the most transformative moments I had in VR was the first time I went in alt space and I realized that there were other people in the space talking to me. That was like, that was a game changer. Yeah. Um, actually, that's what we discovered. The children do want to interact with each other. Um, it's funny you brought up in Egypt because we just had um, 120 third graders coming to our location. And that was one of the requirements that was teaching them about pyramids. So we actually had a VR experience where um, they went to one of the pyramids. It was like a 360 video interactive experience. And the third graders loved it. And really, there would be no other way for them to do that except through VR or AR. I mean, literally, uh, you know, it was a whole bunch, 120 third graders with four, four third grade classes. And they loved it. Are you seeing that uh, you know 360 video is is something that people are resonating with, or is it more the interactive content that that is getting people's attention? It's the interactive. Um, the 360 video they get bored of very quickly. 360 video is just TV and VR. I mean, in my mind, it, it's when they could touch things, like they can go to the Egyptian PMN, be able to pick something up. That really what resonates with the children, um, where they could be avatars of different people and they could they could see each other when they interact with each other. I mean, that's really where it's heading to. That's another reason. That's our main reason for making a seed investment in Chicken Waffle. They're able to do that social interactive experience um, with great artwork. It's pretty exciting. I think being able to interact, one of the things that I got to do was drive an excavator in virtual reality. And I, I've never been in one before and I started it up and it explained to me how to drive it and how to use the bucket and everything. And it's funny because I was in it for maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes driving around. And I feel, I mean, I haven't tried it yet, but I feel like I could go and drive an excavator now. And I, I probably wouldn't be very good at it, but I could do it. And I know what the what the handles do. And I know which, I, I feel like I've, I've driven that thing. And it's really interesting how you can give people in, incredible experiences and trainings long before they've even got to... Uh, the place of where they're, what they're doing. So 
I think it, it holds tremendous value there. Yeah, um, yeah, I know Chicken Waffles actually done work for um, one of the clients. Uh, hope, hopefully, there's not an NDA with them. It's Exxon Mobil, and they've done a lot of safety training with them. Um, they've also done. Um, they're working with a um, franchise Asian restaurant where they're doing um, the training for the franchisees on the rice cooker, which is another safety. You know how to properly, basically, get this rice cooker to work in the safety part of it. So you're you are correct. It's really a great way to do training. Um, especially safety training in VR. And you could actually have emergency type situations where um, you could evaluate them on that safety training. Are you guys doing anything with AR at all? Mobile phone-based augmented reality? Uh, yeah, we actually have um, four Magic Leaps. Um, Magic Leap just met with um, Chicken Waffle. They've actually changed their API because they're well, I don't want to say what was wrong with it, <laughs> but they, it's actually going to be an open source thing that we've just recently did for Magic Leap. So we are working with Magic Leap um, in AR capacity. A lot of it's confidential, but we are doing certain things. It's pretty exciting when spatial computing comes into your living room and, and is all around you and it, it, it kind of takes, it hijacks the space that you're in and really gives you this opportunity to augment the world you're already in. And I think the immersion slider from your reality or the real world you're in to full virtual reality. I think the, the ability to blend and go in and out of that is going to be really magical. Um, I'm really excited to see what you guys do on that. Yeah. They've actually done a lot of work on the merge cube. So most of the, um, the API, most of the merge cube has been done by them. So they brought a lot of AR work actually. I love it. The merge cube is a, a small foam cube that uh, has tracking markers on it that you can point your phone and, the cube can be a sushi game where you're, you're a fish trying to eat sushi. One minute, it can be a campfire. The next minute, it can be a trippy cube. It can be a human heart. There's all sorts of things. They have an open API so that programmers can make all sorts of really cool experiences on it. And uh, I think they've done a really good job at taking a phone and matching it with a very inexpensive toy or tool and creating uh, unlimited possibilities on this thing called the Merge Cube. So really exciting. I, I had the opportunity to travel to China with their, the principals. It was really cool. Yeah. In your experience, what has been the path that businesses have taken to get to the point where they're ready to invest in this technology? Because well, let's be honest, it's not the least expensive technologies out there. So what is the path to getting a company excited, uh, getting them bought in? Is it proof of concepts then you know, rolling it out? What is the path that you've seen that businesses are taking? Um, when I speak to business leaders, so it really depends on the um, type. I recently spoke at the retail show in New York, and um, they're very interested on the ROI in the retail environment when they make an investment. In, you know, Because it's a large investment, especially if you're doing like custom AR or VR application. So what the type of um, ROI there is. One of the things they mentioned to me was they loved my story about... Um, there's actually a toy store in Prague where they had a um, backpack AR system in the basement. So it was a space that wasn't really being used. They've had a very large increase of um, sales at the store because people come there to do the AR and then they go shopping. Over at Cenetech, we actually were in one of the largest mall countries in the world, Simon Mall, and we are working with them on um, several other locations. And we bring people to their mall. I mean, everybody says the malls are dead, but um, the average mall customer spends $108. So if you can get them into the mall, you know, statistically speaking, they're going to spend $108. So VR and AR, um, you know, like an AR scavenger hunt, 
there's a lot of things you could do, especially in retail and businesses to um, get a really nice ROI. And they're looking for partners that can explain that ROI to them because, you know, it's a capital expense. Absolutely. So the work we are doing with Simon, are you, do you have a location set up in their malls now? We've been in a Simon mall for three years. Um, they've talked about a lot of other VR companies that have now, I don't use the word, you know, left, gone out of business. We're now doing a, um, we're going to one of their outlet malls. We just signed an agreement with them. Um, it's more of a partnership. Um, and, you know, that outlet mall gets six to eight million people per year. And they have 45 locations that they want us to roll into. That's incredible. But we're we doing our own ROI on that. Got to take steps. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an incredible use case. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think malls are slowly changing. The face of retail is changing, really. And it's going from a place where people, they went for, for entertainment and to pass the time and to shop. But I think it's more uh, moving towards this retail attainment where people go there for social experiences. And, and a lot of the malls here in Canada have, obviously they have movie theaters, but they have arcades and stuff like this. And I think VR and AR uh, lend themselves very nicely to these uh, locations. And you're absolutely right for every extra minute average that a mall like Simon Malls has, you're talking millions of dollars in revenue for every minute that, that an average minute that a customer spends in the locations. So it's a great way for public spaces to be reutilized and revitalized. Yeah, if you get the customer back in the mall, I mean, they actually reported to us, they, they were studying it. Some of the merchants buy us, the sales doubled because um, we, you know, the amount of people that we brought into the mall. The first mall we were in is kind of, oh, I don't use the word dead mall. They wouldn't like that word, but it, it, I would say it wasn't a triple A mall. Um, we were by, um, we're, we were underneath the staircase and like on a Saturday, we're, we're packed and the mall's empty. <laughs> My partner loves to take gum photos of that, but the merchants stand by us, their sales have gone up. So um, they're very happy with that. So th that leads to them giving us a better real estate deal. Um, we have more of a partnership than us paying them rent. That um, I, I joke around that they should pay me. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's a great opportunity for for everybody involved, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're realizing that I'm an asset to them all. Um, it's more me not expanding. I mean, I think they would put us in every single mall if I was willing to do it. What are some of the most impressive business use cases of of this technology that you've seen so far? You know, something that you've tried and said, "Wow, that is really impressive." Well, you know, one thing I was surprised with last week was a woman approached me and when I was at my center and said, you know, are you the owner? And I said, yeah, and um, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> promote it too much because, but she, she's got cancer and she's been coming to our place. She bought a membership and she's actually a nurse and um, she had a lot of anger issues with her getting cancer. And she, she started crying to me, telling me on how great our place was and saved her marriage because she had a lot of anger over it and she's playing, um, she's actually playing a boxing game and she just comes in there and, you know, and we're not pushing that. She did her on her own. It was just, it's been great therapy for her just coming in and letting her aggression out and her anger out and VR. It was very interesting listening to, listening to her talk about that. So, I mean, that was probably one of my most interesting experiences I've had. It's funny how I've actually been recording and uh, keeping track of all the different use cases in business and medical and health and automotive, airlines, you name it. And only recently, uh, in the last kind of two weeks, I had to make a new folder, um, virtual and augmented reality for mental health. You were seeing all sorts of 
incredible statistics around this technology being used for mental health or you know, autism. They're being able to take kids who are quite a ways over on the spectrum that don't socialize well and really uh, understand their, their social cues and get them used to making eye contact with people in a virtual space so that when they are in the real world, they're kind of uh, more understood because I, I don't think somebody with autism is uh, is at a disadvantage. We just never figured out a way to harness their genius. And so I think these technologies really uh, unlock that. So it's really exciting. It's funny. It's funny you brought that up. We just booked um, an autism. They just booked five days um, in May with us. They came in last year, an autism group, and literally they booked their whole school's field trips. The kids love VR. You know, the only thing that annoys me about it is, um, you know, I go to a lot of these shows and they have special autism programs. And honestly, they're fine on the regular games. They just want to be treated like regular people. They're great with all the regular games. They don't need special games. They're fine with what exists. I, I agree. And I think our school systems uh, were designed to take kind of the bell curve and educate the bell curve as, as much as possible. When you get people on either side of the bell curve, the system starts to break down and goes, well, you know, you don't fit into our system, so you must be an outsider. Or, And it's really, I think it's going to see a huge pivot in education in the next little bit as we start to introduce technologies like artificial intelligence to really study and understand how these students think, what drives them, and what they're interested in. Because you can teach a group of 30 kids science, and I'd say 10 of them are interested in science. 20 of them don't care, and we're still pushing them into that. So I think personalized education is really going to unlock a whole new way for which we educate entire populations. And I think if we can figure that out, like if you look at Netflix, they use AI algorithms to give you better movies to watch. So why aren't we using that for education? And I think we're, we're going to see that very, very soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I we work with girls who code. They come in once a week to our place, and it's just amazing the um, skill sets that they have <laughs> as it relates to programming. Some of the things I've seen them create um, programming um, when they work together. It, 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 they, they call it teacher bias, too, um, especially when it comes to girls with coding and science. Um, and the teachers don't mean to do it, but, you know, they, they kind of push these young girls into things they shouldn't be pushing them into because they think that's what they need to do. And when you just let them be free and, you know, they explore and they learn, it's amazing. It really is. You know, education is, um, it's an interesting thing. If you look at it from a market size, it's a $4 trillion industry. And it's four times the size of Amazon. And if you look at it that way, we really, we're seeing a tectonic shift in, in the way uh, education happens and the way it moves forward. And I think virtual and augmented reality are really going to be a central role in doing that. Yeah. If it's implemented correctly, um, I've been to a lot, we've been to over a hundred schools. We've worked a lot with schools and I'm amazed where um, they'll have VR equipment there. A lot of it's like, I went to one, one college and they had um, Microsoft gave them a bunch of HoloLenses and they were just thrown into the corner because nobody from Microsoft ever came down and showed them how to use it, how to implement it. And, you know, they have these $4,000 HoloLenses sitting in the corner, not being used. And, and I was there with my VR stuff and I saw them there and they were asking me about it. I said, well, where'd you get them? They said, Parsons gave them to them through Microsoft, but no one ever showed them anything. So they, it needs to be implemented correctly. 
Uh, you just can't hand people over the equipment and say bye. You know, it needs to be executed correctly. Um, the need, you know, content needs to be correct. It's just not giving them hardware and saying, you know, figure it out yourself. I agree. And I think there's a couple things that need to happen. The hardware, the hardware is going to just keep evolving and that's fine. But I think it's more on the, the platform side and, and really creating content that is uniform across multiple headsets and easy for a facilitator or a teacher to bring to the students in a way that makes sense. But to your point, without training, without getting these people <laughs> ready to go, it's kind of useless. It's like, here's a bunch of VR. And if you don't train them and don't get people, you need one champion at least in every school. I think it's very important. Yeah. Well, now the, the teachers are very, the teachers and the students and the, and the school administrators, they are very interested in VR. I mean, they, they get it. They don't, they, they get it. The ones who don't get it are, I see more on social media, people attacking me about kids wearing headsets. And I'm like, you know, the people who aren't there are the ones who aren't getting it, you know? And, and that's always a problem with education. The people who don't know are the, are the experts, you know, that they think they're the experts. Absolutely. I think this comes up a lot. VR is something you just have to try. Same with AR. You put it on, you, you have to try it. And once you kind of see it, you get it, you're like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I get it now. And it's one of those things that and if you don't put it on your head, you'll never really know what you're missing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also amazed by, you know, I, I tell the story. I went to um, Villanova University and I asked how many people in that class did VR and only three, three of the student, college students raised their hand. And the next, that was like on a Friday. And then on that Monday, um, we went to an elementary school and they were all third graders. And I asked them how many did VR and every single one of them raised their hands. And that really shocked me. It really tells me something with older people um, <laughs> that they're not willing to try VR. Or there's something's going on now. I really opened my eyes to, wow. I mean, it was such a drastic different. But when the, VR, when the Villanova kids did the VR, they loved it. So it's almost like they had a kind of negativity towards VR. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the type of VR content that they tried in the past. So they maybe had a bad experience, so they don't want to try it. So, um, you know, what's great is the young kids are all doing it. I mean, everybody always says you guys are doing young kids. I'm like, well, that's who's playing VR, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, but they're going to get older. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's like anything. I don't know about you, but I'm not on, well, I am on Snapchat, but very barely I, I can, <laughs> but you know, if you, if you missed the Snapchat thing or you were a little bit too old, you know, you go on Snapchat, you're like, what is this dumb thing? I, what do you mean? I can't save my photos. What the heck? So I think there's definitely a generation gap. And we've noticed when we're doing um, HoloLens demos that adults, almost all, anybody over 40 has a hard time with the, just the gestures to, to click the, the kind of, you know, bloom and all that. Almost everybody over 40 has a problem with that. Everybody under 20 that we've put it on instantly gets it like within seconds. And you put it on, you show them the, the commands and then that's it. They're off to the races. They're running around doing their thing. One of the challenges that we keep seeing, and, and I'm, I'm seeing it right across the board, is facilitator uh, controls, being able to control experiences and know what somebody's in. So when somebody's in VR, you can't really see what they're doing. So being able to have uh, facilitator controls is, is important as well so that a teacher could lead a class of 30 students through uh, a pyramid uh, discovery and, and know where they are and kind of speak to that as well.
Oh, that's 100% correct. They need a teacher stab. Well, I wouldn't even call it teacher stab. Even us, we, um, we guide people in our VR center. We don't let them guide themselves. Um, cause the different experiences, the, are different, you need, you need to guide people right now. Agreed. I think you always need, cause it's always going to be different controllers, different ways of doing it. It's a guide. Definitely you need to teach establish. Absolutely. What do you see as the future for virtual augmented and mixed reality as it pertains to business and education? What is the future? It, there's so much coming at me lately <laughs> with all the new headsets. Um, Wow. Um, definitely interactive VR experiences where um, everybody wants to be avatars. I mean, if you just look at like Fortnite and Apex Legends, everybody wants to be an avatar. Nobody wants to be themselves. Everybody wants to interact. People are craving social experiences, even though they don't want to admit it. Everybody's so connected nowadays. It, it's like children want to be social, but they don't want to be social. I mean, if that makes any sense. Actually, I have a perfect example of that. My daughter, we went to the mall and we're walking. She's 14. So she's, you know, a teenager. And she said, oh, all my friends are at the mall. I said, oh, you know, did you see them? She goes, no, no, I see they're on Snapchat. I, I can see they're at the mall. So, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Then she saw her friends from across the room and she's like, oh, there's my friends. I said, well, go over and, go over and say hi. She's like, no, 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 no. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> they're your friends on Snapchat. You're standing in a shared space in the real world and you don't want to go over and say hi? Uh, what? <laughs> but she would have an avatar. And an avatar, she would interact with them. She would, you know. Um, it's funny. The girls like to be boys. The boys like to be girls and avatars. So, <laughs> um, we've actually used, you know, I can tell you another story. We used a lot of um, trampoline consultants when we first opened, you know, because those trampoline parks are very, they're very popular. And um, one of the things they discovered is almost half the people don't jump on the trampolines when they pay to get in. They go there and they stand on line. Um, and with the girls, uh, you have a 14 year old girl, she'll stand behind a boy she thinks is cute. But when it's time for her to get on that dodgeball court, she'll bail out. And it's all about waiting online, about queuing the people up. And it's kind of like why we go to bars. Um, the popular bars have discovered that, that whole social scene. It's why we go to restaurants. We go to look at other people at restaurants. Um, we all can eat at home. <laughs> you know, my wife is a very good cook. We're human beings, we're tribal, and we crave social experiences. We just don't want to admit, admit to it. And um, VR really helps with that. And so does AR. I think the, the social aspects of it, there's all sorts of really great social experiences coming out. You know, you've got VR chat, yeah. alt space, uh, Facebook spaces, high fidelity, Sansar. Yeah. There's a number of these experiences coming out where not only can you choose your avatar and what your representation is to the world, but you can also choose the world you are going to communicate in Correct. and you can make these virtual worlds. I think it's just going to be spectacular. It's very, very ready player one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, are you really talking to another person or is it AI you're talking to? <laughs> That's the whole next question for sure. Oh, deep, deep thing. Like, you know, who you really fall in love with, <laughs> you know, it could be an AI character, but uh, I think that's going to be a real thing, man. Uh, AI driven avatars are, are, going to be a thing and we're getting close to photorealistic avatars as well yeah yeah but definitely people are interested in vr um i mean it's happening i mean you just go to Cenotech on a saturday sunday we're packed the schools are coming in during a week camps are coming in um autism groups are coming in people for medical reasons are coming in 
it just really, I think that's why LBVR and LBE is so successful with VR right now. It's people want, they don't want it. They don't want to do it at home. They want to go out and do it. Um, it it's like the movie, you know, people, people go, go to the movies and they watch TV at home. So I think there's a place for both. Um, I think in LBE, it's definitely the social experience and the educational experience. And at home will just be more you know, like watching TV, you know, maybe 360 videos, but definitely interactive is an LBE, definitely. Well, is there any other closing uh, remarks before we uh, we wrap this awesome uh, episode of the XR for Business podcast? No, um, VR and AR has a great future. Um, I believe they can combine with esports. I mean, actually, I believe education, VR, AR, and esports are all going to clash and become one, and it's happening. I agree. I think people crave challenge, and uh, VR it can open worlds of challenges that we never even thought of. And I, I'm really excited. The headsets are getting better. They're they're actually becoming untethered. Um, there's so many uh, technological advancements coming at us faster than we can read about them. There's haptic gloves. There's haptic suits. There's there's suits that give you cold and hot. And you know there's scent machines. We're, we're really trying to hijack all of the senses and I think it's a, an exciting time to be in this industry and I, I want to thank you again for, for taking the time to be on this show. You're welcome. Thank you. So thank you for listening. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. This podcast was another amazing example of how XR technologies are revolutionizing business across every industry. You can learn more about Bill's company and the work they're doing at centertech.com, C-E-N. T-E-R-T-E-C dot com. Thanks so much and thanks again, Bill. You're welcome.